My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Just a heads up, we're going to be talking about sexual violence on this episode. If you need support, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 12th of July. I'm Zara Seidler. I'm Sam Kozlowski. Over 40 signatories are calling for a new government body to address sexual violence on campuses. They've estimated that at least 14,000 students will be sexually assaulted in university contexts each coming year if something doesn't change. They're not willing to do something about it unless somebody makes them and now's the time. We'll tell you what this open letter is calling for and what the response has been so far in today's deep dive. But first, Sam, talking about Ben Robert Smith again, are we? Yes, he will appeal his unsuccessful defamation case against nine newspapers. Ben Robert Smith's claims against three papers were dismissed by the federal court in June, with a judge ruling some key claims in the articles were substantially true. The newspapers allege the prominent former soldier either killed or ordered the killings of prisoners in Afghanistan. And if you want to know more about this story, there's a link to our deep dive on the topic in today's show notes. The family of the 95-year-old woman who was tasered in an aged care home is suing the New South Wales government. Claire Nolan was tasered by police during an incident in May and died as a result of her injuries just a week later. Australians are living longer than ever before. Life expectancy has increased by over 11 years for both Australian males and females in the past five decades. The figures were found by the Australian Health and Welfare Institute. And the good news. The uniform of the Australian netball team will feature First Nations artwork for the very first time. The uniform was unveiled ahead of this month's Netball World Cup. It depicts a gathering circle representing past, present and future Australian netball players. A survey in 2021 found that 4.5% of students had experienced sexual assault since starting uni. Now, a group of advocates are coming together to call on the federal government to do something. Leading the charge is an organisation called End Rape on Campus, and this organisation works for students and staff who have been impacted by sexual assault and harassment. I spoke to its founder, Shana Bremner. Shana, thanks so much for joining us on the pod this morning. Thank you very much for having me. So we're talking to you today because of an open letter uh, that was released earlier this week that was calling on the federal government to intervene urgently in how universities are responding to sexual violence. I guess I want to start by understanding what prompted this specific call to action. Sure. So, I mean, students have been actually advocating around this issue for a really long time. When we started looking into it to write a report uh, back in 2018, we discovered that students have actually been advocating for safer campuses for about 50 years, which is a really bloody long time. And we've had government action in schools. We've seen a huge amount of resources poured into addressing this issue within schools, making sure consent education is present across the curriculum. We've also seen the same sort of thing within workplaces in response to the Kate Jenkins report and the Human Rights Commission's Respect at Work stuff. Universities have now had two national surveys showing that there are staggering rates of sexual violence within our university communities. But the progress has been so slow that 
it's become really apparent that if the government doesn't make them do it, they won't do it. So we decided that an open letter was the best way to try and get the attention of the government. And hopefully we've done that. Why do you think that the rate of progress in universities has been so slow? I mean, you're, you're comparing there to schools and to workplaces. Why are universities somehow left out of this progress? There's a really weird, I think, view of universities. I mean, legally speaking, there's legislation that protects young people in schools. We have you know, child protection laws there. We have workplace health and safety laws that protect people in workplaces uni students kind of fall into this legislative black hole where there's actually no legislation that protects their rights. So I think that plays a big part of it. But universities in Australia are largely self-regulating bodies. They don't have a whole lot of oversight. Um, So it means that nobody's really keeping track of them. There's nobody keeping an eye on them. So they've been allowed to get away with not addressing the issue. So we decided that, you know, this was something that is clearly a problem. They're not willing to do something about it unless somebody makes them and now's the time. You're referring there to the rates at which sexual harassment, sexual violence is occurring on campuses. I mean, I'm a couple years out of uni, but I even remember hearing about this while I was there. Can you just outline how big is this problem? So the last uh, National Student Safety Survey was run in 2021 and the report's released last year showed us that 1.1% of all students studying universities across Australia at the time the survey was conducted were being sexually assaulted within a university context. So that was a context whereby the university was directing or involved in an activity on campus or off campus. And 1.1% of all students sounds really, really small, right? It sounds like it's not something that's a huge problem, but there were 1.3 million students studying at Australian unis when that survey was conducted. So that works out to 14,300 sexual assaults a year within a university context or 275 sexual assaults every week, which is a huge amount. And when you think about the fact that that survey was actually run when fewer than two thirds of all students were taking their classes on campus because of pandemic lockdowns. Mm. We'd expect that that 275 figure is actually a really low ball figure and it would be much higher in reality. So then what is the answer here? What are you calling on the government to do to try to lower those numbers or, you know, hopefully to make them go away altogether? What do you see as the move forward here? What we think needs to happen is for the government to intervene to put requirements on universities to actually implement expert-led, best practice, developed, really consistent prevention education across the university sector because we're just not seeing that. Are there any unis that you have seen in Australia that are really doing that? already? There are some that are rolling out online modules. One called Consent Matters is particularly popular, but the feedback we get from students is it's not reflective of their experience. Some students were able to just click through to the very end of that module without answering Mm -hmm. a single question and it told them they'd completed it. In some universities, it's only students living in residences that have to complete that. So it's a really uneven kind of approach across the sector. And we think to actually address this issue, it needs to be much more structured and much more even across every university and every student. Um, And in the response space, we're seeing university responses to sexual violence and reports of sexual violence that just haven't improved in years. So the students that we support in our organisation come to us because they've filed a report against another student or a staff member at their institution and the university has either ignored their report completely. Uh, Sometimes the report 
doesn't get a response for weeks or even months. And in most instances, students are told they can't find out the outcome of their report. So they don't know whether the person who assaulted them is still on campus until they see them there. And obviously that's a a terrifying thing. And is that because of some internal protocols at these universities? They'll claim that it's due to privacy, but obviously if you're fearful for your safety, if you're too scared to go to class, how does one person's privacy outweigh that? So it's unfortunately a situation where once you've filed a complaint with your university, in a lot of instances, that complaint becomes between the alleged perpetrator and the university. As the complainant, you get cut out of the process completely. And so what mechanism would actually change this? Yeah, so we need them to actually have minimum standards that are met because we don't have that right now. There's no requirement on universities. And what does that mean? Well, we would like to see those minimum standards include things like timeliness requirements. Don't let a complaint drag out over weeks or months. That's just unhelpful and unfair. It would need to have really clear guidelines on safety measures in the interim. While you're investigating a report, what are the things you're doing as a university to keep those students safe on campus so they can keep going to class, keep learning, hopefully eventually graduate? And then we would really love to see guidelines around the sanctions that are handed out to offending students and staff because those, again, are really uneven. We can see people who have been found guilty of misconduct within the university system and they might get a note on file as the response from the university, which is nothing. That's not even a slap on a wrist. That's less than a slap on a wrist. So we would really like to see guidelines set so that universities are held to a certain standard, especially because they're getting billions of dollars of taxpayer funding every year. They need to be held accountable. And how much of it is around this self-reporting or the transparency that universities, you know, we are saying you tell us whether or not you're doing a good job at meeting these things. Like how much do you think is about that self-reporting mechanism? It's The self-reporting is a huge problem. Like unis don't let students grade their own essays. So I don't know why unis think Mm. we should let them grade their own work Mm. on this. And in the same way, we don't let students grade their own essays. We require students to give evidence for their arguments. We require them to back it up with peer-reviewed evidence-based arguments We haven't seen that from universities on their work on this issue either. So there's no way of us right now testing their claims. So the university sector will claim they've rolled out hundreds of initiatives to address this issue. We can't test that at the moment because nobody's reporting it and there's no independent monitoring of it. And this open letter that you contributed to was addressed to the federal government. And have we heard anything from the federal government in response? I mean, this ultimately falls in kind of a few jurisdictions, but what have you heard from them? We are hopeful that uh, Minister Clare, the Minister for Education, will actually address this issue in his upcoming National Press Club address on the 19th of July. Um, So right now there's a big review of the entire university sector happening, which is the university's accord process. And it's our understanding that he'll be delivering an interim report from that process on the 19th. And we're really hoping that this will be addressed in there. And what about universities? Have you had any response from any universities who have said, you know, we are here and happy to do what it is you are saying in order to better protect our students? Unfortunately, no, but that's probably not surprising. Universities have made grand promises on this in the past. Following the 2017 Human Rights Commission report into this issue at universities, 39 unis across Australia made these promises and agreed to meet a suite of recommendations. And we're actually yet to see any university come out and say, yeah, we met all of these recommendations from 2017. Mm. It's an issue that they just don't 
think they need to address anymore, I think. Shana, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. TDA did reach out to the Minister for Education, Jason Clare, for a response on this issue. And while he didn't offer a position on the oversight body that's being proposed by Shana and the other signatories, he did say, and I quote here, a sustained effort is needed to improve student safety on campus. He also said that concerns around student safety have been raised with the panel reviewing the university system. And as Shana mentioned, we are actually expecting an interim report from them in the coming weeks. We also reached out to Universities Australia, which represents a whole host of unis here in the country, and Chief Executive Katrina Jackson got back to us and said that Universities Australia had launched a world-first sector-wide Respect Now Always initiative back in 2016, and that this had set in motion the development of new measures at universities across the country to actually prevent and better respond to sexual harm. Katrina Jackson added that the policy frameworks and good practice guides and other resources that have been developed have been developed in conjunction with experts and that Universities Australia will continue to work with individual universities to combat sexual harm on campus. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Daily Oz and a reminder that if you or someone you know needs help, you can call 1-800-RESPECT for 24-hour sexual assault, family and domestic violence counselling. We'll be back again tomorrow. Have a good day. 